0: This is Jeff Bezos,
1: President of Amazon. My board of directors has authorized the purchase of this ad to make the following statement. Use of the affiliate link, amazon.baldmove.com, constitutes a gross disregard for my profits, and could lead to destabilization of global copper markets. Do not encourage the bald move penny pirates. Do not use amazon.baldmove.com.
0: Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And today we're covering Season 2, Episode 8, entitled Better Call Saul. Uh, What do you think of this episode? This
1: was a great iconic episode that moved like a fucking freight train. Uh,
0: Right? Uh, Every time. I feel like we say this every episode. I know. It's getting
1: old. It's It's our shtick at this point. It
0: continues to surprise me how fast the show's moving.
1: Yeah, I mean, again... Theoretical gun to the head, how many episodes did it take from to go from Badger being arrested uh-huh. to Saul being identified as the lawyer to the Jimmy in and out plot to work its way through? I would have said three episodes. No less than two. No less than two. Yeah. And I was thinking, you know, in a conventional 24-season episode, or a 24-episode season of a given television show... Mm-hmm. You know, the old school lost and all that stuff. Miami Vice, it probably would have like each one of those plot lines oh, yeah. would be a anchor point for an episode. And then mm-hmm. you would build fluff around it, you know? Sure. And this and, and it's not like there's not other things. I mean, they crammed in Hank's panic attack and and re- and uh, return to work mm-hmm. and so much stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in this. Yeah, it's a great episode, and it's this is the episode that launched the spinoff, right? Better Call Saul. It's certainly, yeah, the namesake of it, and uh, I think it's interesting. We'll talk a little bit more in the spoiler section about, um, you know, maybe how some of this stuff plays into that show. I mean, that's that's a pretty uh, moronic observation to say that's. Some of that stuff. But yeah, I just want to kind of talk about... (laughs) That Saul's going to be in the show. Let's talk about the Breaking Bad arc and maybe the Better Call Saul arc and the differences and stuff like that. All right. But also, speaking of Better Call Saul, Mm -hmm. you were wrong, my friend. We are getting two unique episodes on Sunday, Monday. It's a double premiere. That's... Just like I said before you... uh, What's the opposite of corrected someone? You wronged me. (laughs) 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 <laughs> it's you, just like I said before. You before you wronged me, um, uh-huh. yeah, uh, Friday and uh, the, or that that Sunday and Monday. So that'll be interesting. Right. Do you think we're going to do a double instant take? Do no, I doubt it. An anything. instant take for the Monday one. I think so. Yeah, let's that, not that's commit. That's more likely. To we're not because we don't really know.
0: Yeah, we don't really know yet. That's you know a month out or so. So sure. All right. All right. Not a month, it's a couple of weeks out, yeah. Actually. It's like two, three weeks, <laughs> yeah. <out>. Never mind,
1: because <laughs> next week, Justified comes out next week, the week after that, American Americans. comes out. I think the week after that, it's Walking Dead and Better, better Call, call Salt Time. Yeah, hold on to your butts.
0: All right, uh, who made this episode?
1: Uh, Sony Pictures mm-hmm. the, on 38 AMC, they hired director Te- Terry McDonough. Uh, we talked about him, he's a British guy did a lot of stuff overseas came across the pond and has since directed Breaking Bad, Halt and Catch Fire, Hell on Wheels. Seems like an AMC man. Okay, definitely. Uh also uh wrote or directed at least one episode of Better Call Saul. Similarly, old-time uh, Breaking Bad vet Peter Gould, who is a writer and executive producer on the show, mm-hmm. uh, and also works on Better Call Saul was What the I writer. hear
0: is going to end up being probably the showrunner on that. Like, I think Vince Gilligan is, from what I've read, helping him out with the beginning. Is he like actually the, the showrunner? One. I
1: thought is another one of his acolytes was the actual showrunner. I, but you're probably right. I don't know. I mean, right. Though you wronged matter. me last week. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to so, fact check
0: your ass. Who knows? I just read something on this, and I don't know if it was uh, Peter Gould that they were talking about or some other guy.
1: I have a terrible. My problem is I have a terrible um, memory for names. Yeah. Even with faces. And if they don't have faces, then I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do. But yeah, I I um that's one of the reasons I've been trying to do this writer director thing is so I can through repetition start forming connections beyond like the obvious ones, like the Alex Graves and the Michelle McLaren's and the Ryan Johnson's. I mean the ones that really yeah. stick out. Um but yeah. I think so. Because it's created by Vince Gilligan, Peter Gould. So if you're saying Vince's yeah. Vince is not the showrunner on that. I don't. think. He's the 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 Tom Hagen, uh to Peter Gould's veto. Much. Then so uh,
0: so you're saying Peter Gould's going to send him away for a while because he's going to need <laughs> him to be legit.
1: Yeah, he's when the, the show comes back, you know, its when, when they do the the Aaron Paul Jesse spinoff, uh-huh. he wants Vince's hands clean <laughs> from of the, the filth shit show of, of, that is going of, to be better called of Better Call Saul. Right. Oh man, you want that name to be worth something when you bring it around the Aaron <laughs> Paul spinoff. Okay.
0: Uh who directed this thing?
1: Peter, uh Terry McDonough, the British guy. Terry
0: McDonough? McDonough. I, g- g- isn't g- that g- uh the villain from season 3 of Justified?
1: Uh <laughs> No. Doesn't he have a similar name? Uh that uh, the real life guy's name is McDonough. G- 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 yeah, uh, yeah. The big fat face. Uh-huh. Big bl- fat baby face. Ultra blonde. Yeah, big uh-huh. fat baby face. <laughs> Wow, we've chewed up a lot of time. All right. Are we ready for the, the recap? Oh my god, so already
0: okay. So we start off this episode with a guy coming up to Badger on a park bench and he's trying to buy meth. And it turns out this guy's a cop and he busts Badger.
1: To be fair, the guy does look like he's if not quite a seasoned meth user, uh an enthusiast. Yeah, he is. He's strung out looking. He's got the look. He's got
0: the vibe. He's about as thin as a uh, Spooge. He speaks badger. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also Citizen Z in Z Nation. That's true. He is. This guy's all over the place. This ice guy does a lot of TV, movies, everything. Would you say that he
1: broadcasts from Ice Station Zebra? Potentially, yeah. Mm. It's very icy. It's an ice station for sure. And Zebra is uh, this is not another word for Z.
0: Z? don't know
1: but but you know if someone <laughs> says word begin with z mm-hmm. odds are you're going to st- you're going to you're going to come out with a zebra sure or zoo mm-hmm. where are you That's going with it? this i i don't know okay <laughs> <laughs> i was just i was i was playing on your I, I uh thought there was some color uh, word, 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 theory coming your, your your uh z nation stuff
0: nope uh then we get a really awesome better call Saul commercial on tv oh amazing and uh that's, you know, Jesse and Jane are watching it after having banged and Jesse asks if she wants to burn before she leaves and she tells him, nope, because I used to be a drug addict and the evil weed is a stepping stone. Uh, one of those kind of drugs,
1: gateway drug. You know what? If you're a heroin junkie, I think it's not unreasonable to stay away from alcohol, weed, tobacco, any kind of mood, alter, caffeine maybe even. Like if you're, if sure. you're 18 months sober off heroin don't take any chances
0: yeah no i'm with you
1: stay the hell away from anything stimulating or mood enhancing or in that very limited scenario i think weed
0: is a gateway drug yes.
1: don't wear a mood ring even <laughs> it's a slippery slope yeah
0: you'll see the red you'll go oh my god i'm in yeah. a bad mood and it'll just send you in a spiral
1: yeah sure if it turns black watch out <laughs> your dealer will be back on speed dial freaks i know yeah i think that let's talk about better call Saul because i really got an appreciation lint's listening to vince gilligan's uh, podcast with kelly on uh, the the insider Uh of how much uh, Bob Odenkirk was kind of a not inspiration, but he had a lot of opinions on making this guy just the right amount of sleazy. Uh, (laughs) He had the idea for the hair to have, uh, I called it the, the uh, uh, full receding Costner, the receding Costner (laughs) where he's kind of, it's not, and they talked about, it's not quite a mullet, but it's that Mm. kind of, you know, mid nineties Costner haircut where it's long and hangs over your collar. Uh huh. And they actually did hair extensions in his back to give him that effect. He's <laughs> he's got the the cheap but yet somewhat expensive suit, the expensive uh-huh. looking cheap suit. Uh, everything about his design and concept of a character, I felt like were the result of this writer's round table. It's like you know what's the lowest rent, seediest thing we can do with the commercial design. You know uh-huh. you got to have a a Bimbo dressed up as a cop in there and you got to have a guy drunk driving <laughs> and being hassled by the man and yeah and his his office is his in this shitty strip. my god like like there is a head shop got to be a head shop next door and like a low rent nail salon uh-huh. that might have been condemned by the department of health a couple times i don't know what else goes there uh i, I, I a, don't know a, a payday loan sure payday. Yeah, this, check, is stri- this is the kind of strip this the kind of strip mall yeah. we're talking about He's got an inflatable statue of liberty <laughs> he does on the roof of this thing, like some kind of h r or not h r block thats to um liberty tax yeah yeah uh, perfect example in his his waiting room is some kind of wood panelled nightmare from the seventies. His office yeah. is a shrine
0: his office is the most egregious sin of all I mean this is where the man works, right, like he spends all day in this office. You would think that would be some that would hold some sanity for him, but no. He's got fucking pillars with the Constitution sitting behind him. And I don't like I don't understand what's going on with the Constitution because it starts off with We the People. But there are clearly pages to the left of it. Yeah. That's in the <laughs> like, We the People,
1: that's the preamble. That's the start of this thing. Yes.
0: That's the very beginning of the document. What is to the left of that as you read it? Like this is all just clearly for show. Yeah. But it's it's in the most gaudy, ridiculous way possible. It
1: reminded me a lot of the uh Democratic National Convention uh the year that Barack Obama accepted the nomination and they had the stadium and it was like all these columns and it's all patriotic and it was a little much uh-huh. for a political rally. <laughs> this guy packs all that into this little tiny lawyer's office. Yeah. And it's I think it's great. Uh, another tidbit I got from the podcast is that uh, one of the writer producers George uh, Matress was a defense attorney in a former life, and I guess they said you know they used him a lot It's like you know we you know we know you wouldn't do this in real life mm-hmm. but if you would you know how would you roll in the situation and that's the that's the interesting thing about uh Saul's will come to appreciate is that he's a really good lawyer. Yeah, he busts into that room with Badger when uh,
0: skinny cop, meth cop, is talking to him. And he lays down the law, literally.
1: Every single time he has to do something for one of his clients, he gets the job done.
0: Yeah, and he's like a whirlwind, too. He comes running in there, uh, and they know the jig's up. He's a law bomb. Yeah. Shock and awe. He really is.
1: Like, Uh, if you come at him with insults and intimidation, he'll insult your mother and give it right back to you.
0: The other thing I like about Saul and his office is that... Saul's office is clearly as big, if not bigger, than the waiting room. Yeah. Where there are, like, ten people out there
1: just stacked on top of each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: great. Yep. Uh, anyway, um, Skylar leaves for work on a Saturday, and uh, Walt's kind of passively objecting, like, questioning, oh, where are you going? And why are you dressed up so nice? It's a Saturday. Shouldn't you be in sweatpants? <laughs> uh, she says, no,
1: everyone's going to be there, which is a non sequitur. That... We've never seen Skylar look this fine. I think you're right. I mean, she's got the hair, she's got the makeup, she's got the dress. We've seen her look fancy before, uh-huh. and was putting on a bad prom dress and going to uh, Gretchen and Elliot's birthday party. Yeah. She's looking sleek. She's looking professionally hot.
0: Yeah, I guarantee this isn't an old dress that she busted out of the closet. No. She this went, is something she Marie stole dress. off the rack for
1: her. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yeah, and she was looking
0: pretty good uh, when she went in to meet with Ted the first time, you know?
1: No, uh, yeah, but I mean, now this is like chiseled and honed. Yeah. And sure. and Walt notices.
0: Yeah, and it, it seems to me like she's defensive. Like the saying it's work, everybody's going to be there. The way she says it, she's like everybody's going to be there. Like he's accusing her of dressing up for someone in particular. Well, so I
1: watched this and that was my first read, but then I watched it again, and I feel like that he's kind of puzzled about why she's doing this, but not yeah. in a threatened way. Because again, no, I don't. Think Walt he doesn't is. know him as Mister Grabby Hands. I don't think he knows Binnicky at all, yeah. really.
0: No, you're right, and I I think it's Skylar getting a little preemptively defensive.
1: Yes, yeah. which is how you know that the professionally hot look is no accident. Yes. Now contrast her look with what what is Walt wearing? Walt looks like he's the. <laughs> Check out boy at the Hollister store. Like he's got okay. this uh, uh I mean he's a Puka Shell necklace short of being mm-hmm. that guy. He's got these he's beat untucked, up Chuck Taylors on nuts. or Connors on. Mm-hmm. Or is it Taylor Connor? It's uh Chuck Taylor's, Taylor's. Yeah. he's got the, the jeans, he's got this unbuttoned shirt, he's just mm-hmm. like looks weirdly hip and with it. A <laughs> two thousand eight <laughs> era.
0: Yeah. Something we're not used to seeing on Walt. No. I uh, thought... although his shirt's pretty fucking wrinkled. Yeah, but that's kind of part of the look, right? I guess. That's more like a slacker look. But I, I don't know. I mean, I guess if... Mm, I'm not sure. I haven't been into a
1: Hollister in... I haven't ever been in a Hollister. A long-ass time, if ever, yeah. Uh The, the whole surf shop thing t- puts me off. But anyway, and I'm too old. Yeah, I think I bought a
0: shirt there when I was, like, 17 or something. Oh, you
1: fucking scumbag. I know. This is over. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so, yeah, let's... uh... So, yeah, then Marie calls up.
0: Uh, She, uh, after Skylar leaves, and she says, Hey, Walt, come on over. Uh, When he gets there, Hank isn't getting out of bed, and Marie's worried about it and tells him that, you know, he's been in a sorry state ever since he got back. And then Walt goes in to talk, and Hank tells him that he was transferred back for various reasons, and then Walt gives him a little bit of a pep talk. To various to reasons. Yeah, various reasons. What
1: are the reasons he gives, Hank? Well, it's interesting because I think he kind of implies that the other SAC, the special agent in charge of El Paso, thinks he's dirty? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I was out getting the evidence bag. What does that mean? I'm the only guy that comes back without a scratch. I mean, what can that... Yeah, like... But I... See, there's there's... What's interesting is... What is hank is that what what's hank what actually happened? because the possibilities are mm-hmm. uh Hank just shit his pants after this and was a gibbering uh b- basket case, yeah, and the sack said, "Whoa, okay, send you know throw whatever's back uh, left to him in a body bag, ship him back to ABQ, right mm-hmm. Second is the s a c already thought he couldn't cut it. Because of his, you know, panic attack and the fact that he was not speaking went, Spanish and well, speaking Spanish and the fact yeah. that he went back to the car um, is just kind of, a, you know, kind of a the lack of a better word, a pussy, ter- a pus- pussy move. Somebody um, had they to get got get no evidence f- bag is all I'm saying. <laughs> they got no faith in it. So it's no faith in him. So they ship him back for that. Yeah. Second is Hank could have requested to go back and he's spinning all this stuff to put a positive, like, you know, make it seem like it's the SAC being a jerk off. And he's just a victim of dumb luck without making any of his vulnerabilities manifest. What do you think is closest to the truth?
0: I I can't say for sure. One thing I think I can say pretty positively is that Hank is posturing for Walt here. I don't. I don't think that anyone seriously thought he was dirty. Huh. I think he came back for one of the other reasons. Uh, no,
1: obviously Hank's not dirty. Well, I mean, shit, Hank could be dirty. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I, so I, I, I don't think that was ever a theory. Uh, I, I but, guess but I should telling have that said... to Walt
0: here to make himself seem more like a man, more like he's not okay. afraid of what's going on there, and more like it didn't devastate him. Uh, what happened, and I, I, I don't know that he ever, we ever get a straight answer on that mm. from Hank in this right. episode.
1: okay. Uh, I don't know, my take is, I kind of think Hank requested it. I think Hank really? requested it, yeah. So
0: is he, so he's covering because he's ashamed that he exactly. it? Exactly,
1: because... The fact that he comes up with the lie that maybe he, they suspect he's something hinky about it is so kind of humiliating to himself. I think the only thing he th- would find more humiliating is if he personally requested to come back, yeah. or just bu- no, he didn't just just bug out because he comes back to the DEA office in good standing. But everybody's yeah. weird about it too.
0: Yeah, but they all they're all calling him a hero and all this stuff, and like they're happy to have him back. And I guess that might be residual from uh, Tuco.
1: Yeah, and also way, Gomi's but, not weird like, oh, I think you're dirty. It's more like weird, I'm concerned for you as a person I I consider a friend. Yeah, yeah. So it's not weird.
0: No, he's not suspecting him that he's dirty. All right. Not. Okay. Uh, and, you know, Walt's telling him about his inner peace since uh, his cancer diagnosis, which we know has changed him thoroughly yeah. over he the course starts of these
1: two seasons. quoting, like, shit from uh frank herbert's dune fear is the mind killer i must not fear
0: <laughs> okay
1: fear is the bastard must be kicked in the teeth uh and that's interesting and also so the first time you watch this uh-huh. and he says uh hank's like look uh, you and i's career don't have a lot of experiential overlap and then Walt kind of puts his Heisenberg face on and says, "What if I were to tell you that we do?" He morpheists him. Uh huh. And you think and, he's and almost they wait about to confess? Yeah. A long beat. And di- I mean, did you think that he was going to tell? I thought he was going to tell some version of the truth. Uh, you know. I don't know how he's going to like maybe got in a fight or like he kicked the shit out of those kids in the I, I didn't know. I didn't think he was going to obviously confess because it would not be a short show. But I he was going to give him like a small. Yeah. Nugget something. Of something unrelated. Because the reality is they've killed the exact same amount of people at this point in the film or right. Or have seen as many people die. Because Walt's got uh, crazy, crazy eight. eight. Walt's got Emilio. I guess there's two right there. He's got yeah I guess he did kill Emilio. I mean, kind of he gets partial credit for Tuco, right? No. No?
0: no. Jesse, if anybody does. Well, no, I guess... I don't know. It's hard to say, right? Jesse jumps up and smacks him with the rock, and, like,
1: uh, Walt shoots him. Yeah. Like, everybody kind of has a hand in that All right. It's it's a real team effort on that (laughs) one. Yeah, that's just a wash. But, no, Walt has has seen as much danger and excitement as Hank and seems to be dealing with it a lot better. Do you think it's because of the impending death sentence?
0: Probably. I mean, that that seems to be the trigger for all of this, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, Walt gets... Like, you would think Hank would be the one that gets the danger boner. Yeah. But Walt's the one screaming in his Aztec after he blows up Tuco's headquarters and getting pumped up from it. And and Hank's the guy who's doubled over, hands on his knees, sucking wind, just to work up the courage to get into an elevator. He's afraid. Fear. I hear it's the mind killer. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's move on. Walt and Jesse are... Testing out their new cash counter. And at Walt's request, Jesse calls up combo to get his money and he finds out, Oh, Badger got arrested. We've got some problems. Yeah. Uh, I I like how uh Walt says we're gonna we're gonna feed this thing twenty four seven. huh. Yeah. Uh maybe if you feed them very slowly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um I also like the fact that Walt kind of mind fucked him into rolling tough on his homies. Um mm-hmm. Also, what is with women leaving shit and dudes' apartments after they fuck them?
0: Earrings? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Is it, a, is it a reason to come back? Is it a reason to get another call? Is it...
1: I don't know. It just... And maybe I... Since I don't wear fuck, earrings... she lives next door. Come on. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's not like she
0: doesn't know where he's at. Right. And I, when he's there. I'm
1: just saying that, like, I, of course I've never worn earrings, but it seems like that... It's not something you would walk out with one missing. And, like, how did that happen? I mean, yeah, look in what the do mirror. It's something missing from what you're asymmetrical all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, you
0: could probably feel it, I'd imagine. I don't, I've don't. i never had my ears pierced, but I assume you can feel earrings hanging from your head. I would think so.
1: I would think so. you got long hair. You're always brushing it out. I don't know.
0: Yep. Uh, what do you think is the purpose of that shot? in this episode because I'm kind of puzzled by it. I don't really know.
1: I think it sets up nicely or starts to pay off Walt and hers interaction last episode that they had this instant mutual dislike for one another. Walt's based on the fact that she was standing in her way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hers stand, uh, you know, from the standpoint that he's a father figure trying to scold or shame his son figure. Um, And, do you think that Walt suspects that the hot girl next door is the one that left the earring because I think it's it's kind mm. of showing that he doesn't like the idea that Jesse has something besides the business the focus yeah, on
0: Yeah, I think you're right about that. I I don't know that I don't know how he would make a connection that it's from the girl next door.
1: Yeah, but so when he finally finds out who Jesse's fucking, it's going to set it up to be like, you know, um, an antagonistic relationship from the from the jump because that's how they've showed it. He doesn't like the fact that Jesse's got a girlfriend, yeah, because it's less control, it's less focused. He has on the job, and he doesn't like uh, Jane, yeah. And put those two together, and kaboom! Sure, it's an it's uh, intense chemical reaction.
0: Next scene: Hank fights his way back to work, and uh, he pretends that everything is okay. He meets with Gomez about the latest on the ABQ meth scene, and Gomez is concerned for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Hank needs a trigger warning for elevators because he can't put himself in the metal boxes without a full-blown hyperventilating panic attack. Yeah,
0: no, he's trying to take advice. He's trying to take Walt's advice here. You know, get back up and whatever, send crap through a tin horn or something i don't know what he was talking about there and
1: i think dean norris does really good work here because he's in the full like hey, hey, hey. um honey i'm home uh hate yeah. mode but also when the sh- when the camera gets in real tight on his eyes you can see that it's it's not it's not touching there and he's having a hard time like keeping it together yeah that's exactly what i was thinking watching this
0: is what a performance from dean norris yeah those two things i don't think like they're such different emotions that to try and portray them simultaneously seems very difficult. Yeah, and you see... But he does a great job. You
1: see his other work where he's playing some jerk-off cop in tons of movies, and he plays, I think, some hoodlum in RoboCop. Mm -hmm. He's just so one-note. Yeah. You would never, ever think this guy could do this kind of tight work. And already in season two, this is what we're getting. The the casting on this show is amazing. Sure. So Badger's
0: interrogated next. Uh, Saul Goodman shows up kicks the uh, cop out with style and then tells Badger uh, he's going to give him the best criminal defense money can buy. And then Saul goes out in the hall and meets Hank and they bust each other's balls. There's mention of uh, Ice Station Zebra and Associates in this scene here. Did you look that up
1: at all? I did, but it's one of those things where I haven't seen the movie and yeah. I'm loath to pretend like I can just sum up the stuff. It's a Rock Hudson okay. film. Yep. It's a Soviet-era kind of spy thriller. Hmm. Uh, okay. It seems like there's some kind of double agent action, and the, the one thing I was able to glean is they're supposed to be on a humanitarian. It's kind of um, – uh, what's that thing where the United States – they did something with Howard Hughes, right, where he they were trying to steal some Soviet technology that's on the bottom of the the ocean, and Howard Hughes built this big platform that said it was an oil rig or some kind of deep-sea exploration as cover. Something like that. But it's I one of those know. deals yeah. where there's some kind of technology canister lost up there and they're disguising it as a, human, a humanitarian mission and it, so it's there's a lot of like dual identity type stuff. Hmm. And something's one looks like it's one thing, but it's really another. Yeah. And that could apply, you know, obviously to Walt. It can apply to uh Saul himself. Saul like, himself. Yeah. Um Hank even is, mm-hmm. you know, pretending to be one thing and really he's another. Uh there's a lot of that ex- explicit duality in the Saul Goodman commercial, which I thought was interesting, uh-huh. where you've got a guy who's a businessman, and then he like transforms into a felon right before your eye, <laughs> and uh, you know Saul later on makes that explicit that he's like, uh, you know, you're a sc- you're are, you really are a school teacher, and he's a drug kingpin, and all the while Walt's standing in front of a giant skeleton poster with decompose over it. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, a lot of lot of stuff here, um, but yep. I have no idea. Vince Gilligan's very sly about... He's got this really deep cultural... Pop culture knowledge. Yeah. And I know he picked Ice Station Zebra for a reason. I have no idea exactly why that is. Sure. But, yeah. Uh,
0: I just... Couldn't get over how funny this scene, and basically every scene with Saul in it is, this entire episode. When he comes in, he
1: thinks Badger has got a public (laughs) masturbation rap.
0: Oh, Starbucks, nice. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A little cream in your
0: coffee. So funny, man. Oh, man. I love it. And Bob Odenkirk is just fantastic.
1: And he's not afraid, like, even of... It must be not... I guess it must be nice to be a defense attorney, because you just... Must be used to, ma- you're the one class of citizen other than commissioners who are just used to mauling police officers.
0: Yeah. And you have, like, you're not
1: the one in trouble. You're not the one being questioned. You're just there <laughs> yeah. to tell them what a fucking idiot they are. Uh-huh. And I mean, I guess that's probably not. Realistic, there's probably tons of DAs out there that have cordial relationships, but I feel like, oh, yeah, but it's your job to protect your client against these people in Hollywood. They always, the Marv Levy's, the Saul Goodmans, they always Uh, have that kind of smarmy, you know, you're a cocksucker and we all know it, and they're the ones that can just bring any cop up short. Sure, no, I love it.
0: I, it's great. Yeah, (laughs) there's also a lot of sniffing from Saul in the hallway. Do you think he's uh using some drugs? Got some coke going on. He's kind of a whirlwind coming in here.
1: I don't know. I Like do. a
0: Tasmanian devil tearing in there.
1: Yeah. And the other thing about Saul, you know, we talk about him being a good lawyer. It seems like this or why. But he's also clever. Like, he makes a connection that the D.A. is here for a street bust. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, he is able to make those connections and observations. And also that he knows... Like Walt, in the next scene, tries to roll him tough about the these are vicious, desperate people. He's like, ah, I don't believe it was his reputation. I did some digging, you know. That dude was my old client, and his old and he he knows about all this stuff. And yeah, was able to I, use I, that information.
0: I feel like knowledge really in Saul's case is power, and a lot of that, like attorney busting the balls of the cops and the DEA, is because he does know everyone's rights, right? Like. Unlike citizens who think they have kind of this handle on what their basic rights are, this guy fucking knows it in and out.
1: Yeah, knowing your rights is half the battle. I mean yeah. it's it's everybody knows, like, you know, don't don't answer questions for the police ask you. But when mm-hmm. they've got the flashlight in your head and your 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 face mm-hmm. and they got their hand on their gun and they're asking these pointed questions, it's it's <laughs> it's another thing to just shut up.
0: Yeah, and if they tell you something and you're like, "That doesn't sound right," but I don't actually know. Well, Saul actually knows.
1: Yeah, yeah. Plus, yeah, that's the other thing is like they can tell you like if you do this, then it'll charge will be worse. Is that bullshit? Is it not? Yeah. If if it, if it's not bullshit, then oh my god, I'm getting I'm I'm screwing myself over. Sure. So yeah, it's 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 a beautiful thing watching him work.
0: Yep. Jesse and Walt roll up to Saul's office, and they argue about who should go in, and then they flip a coin. Walt loses, apparently. Uh, good to see them keeping the sacred coin flip tradition alive.
1: What do you make of the fact that Walt is always trying to push uh, Jesse into doing these kind of morally questionable things, and they end up resolving yeah. with a coin flip, and then Walt always, so far in the attempts that they've made, he <laughs> always comes up short. Is that is that a narrative convenience, or is that actually something that they're trying to say about... Him. I feel like it's a a little bit of that karmic justice, you know? Like, Ah. he's trying to get Jesse to do the risky
0: thing, but then they decide a fair way to to actually decide that, and Walt loses every time. Yeah. So, like, here's what you get for trying to push this more, what I would argue is a more innocent person into doing these things.
1: Yeah. No, no, that's, I like it. And then, you know, the, the other thing I forgot to talk about Saul's office is he's piping America the beautiful. Throughout the waiting room. Yeah, that's funny. And it's, <laughs> it's great. Uh, also, uh, Walt showing up into his office as the anti-Heisenberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the detail of the ABQ isotopes the hat. that he's wearing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the real minor uh, AAA team that they got playing out there.
0: Yeah, coincidence.
1: Yeah. Kind of cool. All right,
0: so Walt goes into Saul's office, and he meets with him. And uh, Saul tells him that Badger's going to get time served. Uh, going to, you know, get off get him off the hook if he cooperates. And that, you know, the DEA is after this guy named Heisenberg. And Walt gets scared and says, no, we have to get Badger off the hook so that he doesn't spill the beans and offers him 10000 to do so. Uh, which we find out that Saul turns down. Can't, yep. can't bribe him. Nope. Uh, we find out a lot. Um, about Saul here, his real name is McGill. That's what he says anyway. Uh, in in another fairly hilarious scene, uh, where he thinks that this is Peter or Peter Mayhew, <laughs> Brandon Mayhew's uh, uncle,
1: Chewbacca. Yeah, Peter Chewbacca's Mayhew. uncle. Yep. Uh, I yeah, and he's. It's funny because not only is Saul slimy but he's also like this effortlessly racist kind of in a similar uh, vein that that hank does like he's just throwing out all these stereotypes Mm -hmm. he's simultaneously like uh insulting the jews the irish uh yeah definitely the irish i think he throws in a couple native american slurs in there just (laughs) he's completely vulgar everything about him sure yeah he's sleazy but he doesn't take bribes from, from strangers. <laughs> yeah, from
0: strangers. And who can blame him, right? No, it's it's smart. Just, it's
1: smart business. Smart business. Yeah.
0: So Walt goes back to the car. Jesse's shocked that he, Saul wouldn't take the bribe. Uh, then they, they stake him out. When Saul closes his office, Walt and Jesse kidnap him. Uh, they drag him into the desert, and they threaten to kill him unless he takes Badger's case. Uh, or at least they imply that that's the threat. And Badger doesn't say, uh, And and Badger has to not say a word to the DEA. So instead of doing that, they hire Saul. Um, it, it, we, we were talking about this while watching the episode. It doesn't seem to either of us that Walt really minds shanking Badger. Like, especially not the way that Jesse does, which is understandable given that he's Jesse's friend.
1: No, when they're, even in this, and he's like, are you sure that this, you know, just, why don't you just kill? And he's like, you know, you don't go after the Mosquito's attorney, you just swat the Mosquito and you can see Walt kind of like you know doing that eyes in the top corner of his head like kind of doing the arithmetic mm. and Jesse's like yeah. no you can't do that um yeah i mean that's something i want to debate in the spoiler section about Walt's sliding scale for dollars to ethics dollars to conscience like how much he values in in season 1 versus this season versus future seasons we know that number is at least higher than eighty thousand, but I don't know how much higher. Yeah, like at a hundred thousand. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's much higher. At a hundred thousand and two pounds of meth, is he like, oh fuck this? I don't care. I think the meth is the least of his worries, right? Like, and then like also, if, if Jess, here's the other interesting question: If Jesse's out of picture, uh-huh. how much does he pay for Badger's life? Then how much does it take nothing. for him to screw them both over? Really? Yeah, I think almost nothing. He... He was glad. It seemed like he was glad to part with forty five hundred. That seemed like sure. in his mind, well, this is an acceptable cost of doing business. I, yeah. I don't know how much higher it goes up than that, yeah. but you know, with Jesse being gone, it's a hell of a lot lower.
0: Yeah, there's some awesome stuff in here with Saul. Uh, just assuming that these people are here to kill him with cartel related business, and like, I, I don't know. He said he said something about did Lalo send you? I don't know who Lalo is, but I have a feeling in Better Call Saul the TV show we're probably gonna, we're know. Probably gonna know a little more about An Ignatio. This
1: stuff. That's yeah. the, it's like I'm not with mm-hmm. Ignatio, I'm not uh me. Yeah, he's the one you want. That's like he said something like me amigo de cartel, like I'm a friend of the He he's trying to say I'm a friend of a car- the cartel. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, you seem to know what the Weather Underground reference is.
1: I had no idea. So that, so that's it's kind of uh controversial and political, but um I wasn't alive back then, so I'm gonna say it how my, my understanding. Weather Underground was a kind of hippie, liberal, Marxist terrorist group that okay. um, you know was agitating for uh, social justice and, and civil progress by blowing up different government buildings and I think banks. And they took their name from a Bob Dylan song about uh, you, I, it's the the one that goes about uh, wondering which way the wind's blowing or. You don't need to be a weatherman to know which way the wind's blowing.
0: I'm not that versed in my Bob Dylan.
1: So yeah, they're uh, they're just kind of uh, 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 and and the, I guess what the the last time that I became aware of them in the public consciousness, a lot of them have been moved on and they're respected kind of liberal professors and whatever, which is interesting. Hmm. Which okay. is which is interesting um, how we view terrorism one way and then terrorism the other. Um, but, uh, I guess they were known associates of, uh, President Obama back when he was in college. Like they, okay. he maybe took classes of them or, or, uh, showed up at public events with them, which doesn't mean a whole lot, but there's a lot made of, you know, the president dealing mm-hmm. with known associates, uh, uh and etc. I never heard anything about that. That must have dropped way faster
0: than his birth certificate stuff. Well, that shit's <laughs> still going on, but I yeah. Know.
1: I mean, that's the thing. Like, there's so much ridiculous stuff that happens in any Politics. presidential campaign. Yeah, and uh, boy, we're starting up a new one. It's going to be fun next two years. Yep. <laughs> All can right. We get can we get another Bush or another Clinton, please, please. <laughs> Can we get the Return of the Jedi version of the Clintons or the Bushes? I don't want any w- any of them. Can
0: we do away with the position of president? Can that be done? Can we just say <laughs> we're done with this? it didn't work out. Anymore. We need the
1: uh, President uh, Comancho, Camacho, <laughs> fire machine guns. And, that's right. That's right. Uh, Riding chopper, the fired, fired machine guns from both hands. That's the that's the only president America needs.
0: Yep. All right. The DEA meets with Badger, and he apparently. Gives up all the info on Heisenberg right before they hired Saul to have him not say anything. So they're, they're setting you up here. They're making you think, oh, well, he went ahead and spilled the beans anyway. Uh, then we cut back to Saul's office where he's telling Walt and Jesse about his plan to send in the fake Heisenberg to prison. Uh, because apparently Jimmy, in and out, likes to go to prison. Mm. Not a problem for him.
1: Yeah, I know. You know I, I'm not going to make a crude joke about his nickname. Nope, don't do it. Uh, he loves In and Out Burger, loves it. So the, here's the thing: he's like, uh, he's found out how he could profit from this. Mm-hmm. He opened a chain of hamburger stores in <laughs> his name. <laughs> if you spend your entire life in jail, how do you profit from anything? Well, I imagine there are ways to spend your money in prison. Oh, I guess that's true. Like you, he could be like the most popular inmate. Got all the cigarettes, he's got all the drugs coming in. Yeah, yeah. Thirty thousand dollars is probably a very wealthy man in prison terms. Yeah. Maybe you can buy a guard to watch after him, he can buy a few extra privileges. I don't know. Still,
0: I think he could charge more. I think he could take a bigger cut of that. I think, 80 so. Grand
1: I think so. And
0: maybe bully Saul a little bit. Also, how many of these guys <laughs> like look, Saul, thirty grand's not cutting it, I want forty, and if not, well, I'll go back to prison another way.
1: Hmm. I think it's funny the concept that there are people like this. Like prison, uh, or no, no, I don't find that funny at all. I think that there's a lot of people, <laughs> like you know, that, if you no. watch, uh, I've heard a lot of real life stories about especially you know old guys that get released, kind of like uh, you know, Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and they've been in prison so long, and what you don't appreciate is how much life just passes you by. Yeah. Like you've never been on the Internet. You don't know what an iPod is. You don't know what a cell phone is. You're like, fuck, I'm just going to either hang myself or commit some kind of victimless crime and get back on the inside. Mm-hmm. But I think – so So knowing that I do know that that is a real phenomenon, it's not just Shawshank Redemption. You read articles sometimes of guys you know, that have been out for a year or two and it's hard and they steal something minor just to get back in. Mm-hmm. It seems likely that there are guys, professional fall guys – That will for a fee to help their family or do whatever do something like this, and that's yeah. That's a that's a super interesting theoretical subculture.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility.
1: Certainly, and then I wonder like how many of these guys does Paul have or does Saul have in his pocket? Mm -hmm. You know, like is it just good timing that Jimmy just got out like sixty days ago? And, you know, you, you, or if he hadn't, would it have been, oh, Billy just got yeah, out? Yeah. A couple of days ago. Yeah. Billy can't, you know, Bill, Billy Jailbird or whatever his, uh-huh. his name's going to be.
0: Billy Up and Down or something. <laughs> 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 uh, conscience gets expensive, doesn't it? I Ooh, like that that's line a, great, a lot.
1: That's, that's such a great uh, quote for the downfall of Walt slash Heisenberg. Yeah. So good.
0: Indeed. Then we go to Badger. Setting up at the the meet for Jimmy. Um, the wrong guy comes up, sits down on the bench next to him, and Walt and Jesse, who have been watching from the sidelines, spring into action. They block the camera. Jesse alerts him, uh, alerts Badger, says, Hey, it's the wrong guy. And then when Walt moves, Badger makes the exchange with the right guy, and the DEA
1: busts him. Yeah, and this is the kind of stuff that Brian Cranston and only Brian Cranston can uh-huh. do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Like I I think that's the interesting thing about John Hamm versus Brian Cranston. We've had that debate a lot. Like, you know, they're they're both great actors and Brian Cranston continually smacks him around come Emmy time. Yeah. But who's better? And I, I think that like I think that Brian Cranston could play a Don Draper character.
0: Man, it wouldn't you're going to exactly dangerous exactly here because I've seen John Hamm in like 30 Rock. And okay, he plays kind of a dumb, oblivious, like, uncoordinated doctor character.
1: Okay, that's the thing. Yes, I've seen him be very funny and yeah. very silly in things. Mm-hmm. But could he be a person who is a dangerous, menacing person and then play light and breezy, befuddled uh, sitcom TV and dad? And have them
0: meld into a single character? Yeah, that is
1: very mm. hard to turn that shit on a dime.
0: Yeah, yeah, Brian Cranston does that so well. Uh, it's just hard for me to imagine anybody else in the role at this point. I mean, he like, goes—he
1: goes right back to his Malcolm in the Middle character for this sixty-second stretch of you know, oh yeah. and yeah. it's driving Walt or <laughs> Hank crazy. But Walt never suspects that it's anything less than just um, his brother being a dumbass. That's the thing, like Walt,
0: you know what's going on. We know what's going on, and the way that Walt plays this is just like his his Hank's concern for getting Walt out of the way is just completely out of context compared to Walt's lack of concern. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, well, I, you know, I'll, I'll get moving, but I just wanted to stop by, see how you were doing. Right. I wanted to say, okay, I'm sorry, Va- I'm board, sorry. Backwards, forwards? Uh, which... Yeah, oh, these damn cars. You know, they're tough to, yeah. I, I'm not really sure. Oh, man, this okay. This is DEA <laughs> business? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's really, it's, it's so fucking hilarious. Yeah, genius. And we talked about this while we're watching it, uh, like I put my hand over my eyes, like I can't believe that Walt and Jesse are actually here watching this. Like, yeah, it's a good thing they were there, they or this the would have been a busted up racing deal. Mm-hmm. But oh my God, there's no way they should have been anywhere near that deal going down. It's, no. it was insane.
0: Yeah, incredibly dumb. Uh,
1: but it worked out for him.
0: It, I, I think that's a slight flaw in this
1: episode. But do you? If I had to say it. So I've been thinking about that since I raised the objection and we're doing our, you know, our thinking about the podcast phase of the uh, mechanics of making this thing. I'm trying to think of ways to defend it. And I'm like, well, Walt's hubris is definitely within his character Mm -hmm. and he's also a control freak. So if you've got a prideful control freak, he might it might be entirely consistent in his character. In fact, it would be kind of inconsistent if he just would leave all that to just go according to plan.
0: Yeah, maybe. That's a weak,
1: I still think it's crazy. It's crazy even for Walt, but that's the one defense I, I came up with. It
0: maybe he kind of doesn't trust this whole plan, and you know he's just given some guy we just met eighty thousand dollars and said.
1: Although Jesse seems a lot more skeptical than than Walt does at this point. So.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure that that all works out. But you know,
1: Jimmy Toontime, assuming the position. From the very, it's like before the vans before the, pull up, the cops even pull up. It's uh, like he he as soon as he hands over the, the dope bag, it's on the knees. I don't. Hey yep. man, I I'm getting thirty thousand here. I don't get my 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 face busted no, up. No, I'm gonna no get reason. no rough stuff here. Yeah, I like that little
0: touch. Uh, then Jesse put in the air quotes here shows Jane his new bed, which is not a bed at all. It's just. Or, no, 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 this is when he shows her the mattress. Yeah. The mattress, that's right. Questions whether it's a king size. What is that, a king size? hmm Sure it is. And he slaps it down on the floor, and they go to town on
1: it. That's yeah, conveniently covered in plastic, so it's easy easy cleanup. Easy cleanup. <laughs> what do you think they're getting up to That they need easy cleanup? Bo- exchange of body, bodily fluids, man. How much bodily fluids? Good God. I don't know how you do it, but uh, <laughs> there's usually yeah. body fluid involved. Uh, <laughs> so, I, th- Jesse's outfit here yeah it's crazy he's a pair of like strap pants away from being full-on juggalo goth corn fan right pretty much Yeah, i don't have a good handle on a style by the way i I threw down the gauntlet ladies if you're attracted to jesse pinkman the character and not aaron paul the 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 you know dreamy Dreamy blue-eyed hottie uh please 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 give us some email not a single response damn not a single response about uh my
0: my fake response says, tina must not have made it in <laughs> sent it to the wrong address
1: is that your uh is that your female persona online tina yeah yeah
0: totally okay that's what i play games under sure
1: they <laughs> hey they give me free gold what, what do you want you know what's funny <laughs> you know what's funny this is what? a digression. do we have time for like a 30 second digression sure okay uh, I've been a huge fan of Destiny ever since I got it for Christmas. Mm-hmm. My son plays a male hunter, and he walks through the game and with nary interaction. I play as a female warlock that I've made look as close to my girlfriend as possible. Yep. Anytime I go in a public area, I get danced with. I get pointed to. I get waved. I get every type of community. If I had voice chat turned on, Mm -hmm. I'm sure I would get solicited. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Now,
0: now go make your name like
1: Hot Babe 47 at whatever. I'm just saying, if I got on voice chat as a girl, I I think the interactions would be subpar.
0: Oh, to say the least. Completely. Completely. But you would get a lot of free stuff.
1: Like, like. (laughs) that's great the thing. yeah make that trade
0: hey i'm not saying it's a no, trade i'm just guys, saying that's what happens
1: guys that's not the way to get laid man you should it's be not saying the way kids, to behave kids, as a human kids. being no no there's 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 full grown men doing that no shit too. no come on i don't buy shame it. on those people i don't buy it it's right. crazy anyway so yeah let's get back on t- on topic
0: all right well we're at the last scene here where walt's grading papers in his classroom and saul shows up and uh he's surprised to see oh you are really are a chemistry teacher he tells Walt that he wants in. He wants in on the whole the whole deal. You know, I, I I feel like it's almost a vague, like veiled threat against Walt to show up in his classroom talking about drugs, saying you're the, the kingpin, I want in on your drug deal inside of his
1: classroom. That's a good question, because where is where is the fine line between high pressure sales tactic and threat? Yeah. Because I I don't know, especially outside the rubric of the spoiler section, how much I can address about this, but I don't know if I keep it in generic terms. I don't know that I buy that Saul is a, a threat like that. Like, Saul gets himself into trouble, mm-hmm. but Saul's not the type of person. It's like, you know, so you got an awesome drug business here. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. Yeah, On the other yeah. hand, maybe he's. I mean, that was the, br- the brilliant part about uh, Walt and Jesse getting all their barrel-stealing garb on and taking him out in the dress the desert and threatening his life mm. was how he slowly flipped a script on him. Like, he decided, like, these guys are paper tigers. Yeah. Uh, I don't have to take them seriously. I can even get them to take their mask off, and I've just made these guys. M- maybe he is a little bit more intimidating than he would be if he respected them. Hmm. But I do Could think be. he also is like, hey, I'm a... I make, as Jesse says, a criminal lawyer, mm. and this guy's an up-and-coming criminal. I can hitch my wagon and get my my, fi- my 50-30 split, or whatever you call it, 66-33 split off of these guys, and uh. be set up for life.
0: Yeah, there's and, that, and, and they kind of don't really know what they're doing, and he can tell that.
1: And they're by... kind of dumb, so if anything goes wrong, it's going to be easy for me to get the upper hand on this.
0: Yeah, no, I feel like he wants to also maybe kind of mentor them a little bit after this, you know, the the scenario he that they put him through. But in a super He's self-serving
1: sees... way, right? Oh, yeah, totally.
0: Okay. No, but I mean, are, are you going to hitch your, your wagon to somebody who's just going to be taken down immediately? No, you want to kind of lead them through the process, and he is apparently... Done this before in some capacity, you know. He's talking about the cartel.
1: Yeah, worried that people are going to kill him. Yeah, something is up there. I mean, that's the funny thing is, like, he gets dragged out to the desert on the knees, and it's not the first thought. Isn't who are you? Why is this happening? <laughs> it's it's like, I know exactly why. This I'm is not happening. with Ignatio. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. he's he's got some <laughs> solid ideas of who might want him oh, dead. Yeah. For, yeah, sure. yeah, for sure. Anyway, uh, Do you want to talk about the uh, science projects? We've talked yeah. about this a little mm-hmm. bit in the previous season, but I don't think we've got as good a look at some of them. Yeah. Uh, there was, uh, a, a science fair project on nasty teeth, which is a common side effect of meth addiction.
0: Yep. The there's one on cyanotype that is a photographic printing process that produces a cyan blue print, much like his cyan blue meth.
1: See, I thought it was cyano in the kind of poison, type of the term oh maybe it is
0: no no but a cyanotype is like a printing yeah 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 yeah.
1: but i I mean it's it's possible if it works both ways because the uh, blue sky is also poison sure uh there's something about hair follicles and maybe that's why they put a space in there Ah, to kind of distinguish both of those right uh there's something about hair follicles which could be a reference to how many fucking bald guys are on the show (laughs) Or it could be and a reference... And it keeps getting
0: worse. A reference to uh, Jimmy McGill's hair
1: weave in the back. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, there's the uh, de- the skeleton poster behind uh, Walt with the uh, heading of Decompose, which is kind of his story of decay, mm-hmm. transformation. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I, I think that I this... I think so. You know, you talked about it being intimidation and, uh, you know, some kind of extortion. I think that this pitch is the perfect thing that you would make to Walter White. It flatters his sense of being important. Oh, I'm Vito Corleone. Um, it flatters his uh, pride in his chemistry because you've got this special product and I want to be a part of this special thing. Um, it's the right mix of flattery to his product, flattery to him himself and flattery to his aspirations. And Mm -hmm. I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, I, I buy it. I don't know if, you know, Saul calculated it quite that way, but the pitch that he ended up making certainly appeals to Walt, yeah. The
1: other thing is, like, because we've we've debated many, many times about whether we really think Saul is good as a lawyer or not. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's one thing to be good when you're shining on cops and all that stuff, but really... But in a courtroom. Yeah, I mean, like, (laughs) his big thing to keep Badger out of jail was to have him turn state's evidence against you know, his, his dealer, right?
0: Yeah. I feel like the, the part that makes him good at his job is the stuff that happens behind the scenes where he's got guys
1: who are willing to take
0: falls for him. And he's yeah. got a PI doing his research.
1: Yeah. And... But a lot of these, also a lot of these schemes like this for t- particular, take this one, this Jimmy in and out was almost a disaster. <laughs> like if I was Walt, I'd want half my money back. Cause his guy showed up 10 minutes late, which is yeah. already a disaster. He sat on the wrong goddamn bench uh yeah man i i don't know i i think he's good at a particular type of lawyering and that's one thing i'm going to be doing of on, on this, this particular set of skills i'm going to be watching him like liam neeson uh uh-huh. liam neeson uh to see if what i really think about his lawyering as the series evolves and in better call Saul hell we'll get we'll, get, we'll have Saul coming out our yin yang yeah by the end of we're gonna March. know a lot more about him pretty soon uh which i'm excited about
0: I, I forgot what a great character he really was throughout this series, and I'm definitely excited to see a series based on his, you know, his, his uh, whether it be a prequel or kind of all of the above with with it happening before, during, and after sure. Breaking Bad. I'm excited about that. Uh, that's the end of the episode, man. Yeah. What do we have for Pimpin'?
1: So you might be saying to yourself, Self, how did these guys... Pump out so much content for free. I've never paid for this damn podcast. There's no price tag. How does this happen? Well, friend, if I can call you friend, let me let me tell you. We are in almost entirely listener-supported, and there's a bunch of different ways you can uh, do that. You can go to support.baldmove.com to see them all. But I'll hi- highlight one, which is our Patreon service, patreon.com slash baldmove. You can go there. Uh, you can watch... Our instant and our podcast recorded live. You can get access to all the video. We we actually shoot video of every single one of those of us recording it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got lunches with Jim and Aaron, which are increasingly becoming one of my favorite weekly activities. Yeah, me too. We sit down, we talk about uh, just whatever you know, and and people are on there with the Q and A app, and they can ask questions and make comments. A good time is had by nearly all. You get ad free feed. Like, how tired are you hearing me? <laughs> Flogging Amazon and Subble and Patreon and all the other bullshit by now, you can make it go away for three dollars a month. That's mm-hmm. like one trip to the Starbucks. Right? They could also make it go away with the stop button. That's I've... true. So I'm a little worried about that. But the, the you know you got the 30 second skip. Well, this ad's like a minute 45. You, you you can't escape that trailing 15 seconds. Well, and the it stop you button crazy. trumps everything. The stop button is just. I'm off, uh, I'm off the train. We may need, we, we may need <laughs> to make this mid-roll a pre-roll. Sure. And it's really tighten the screws. <laughs> uh, and then go out of business, and everybody's happy. Yeah, perfect. That's what you're staring down. Go to support.baldmove.com. Help us p- pump the bits. Help us prime mm-hmm. the pump. Pump the bits. Bitpump.com. Bitpump.baldmove.com. <laughs> Dot doesn't resolve. We
0: should send Bitpump to Patreon. That would be Bit great. Bitpump? Yeah. <laughs> bitpump.baldmove.com? Bitpump.baldmove.co. Okay. All right. Shit,
1: I'll make that happen.
0: Awesome. All right. Bitpump.baldmove.com. Check it out. What do we have for feedback?
1: We have a lot of stuff. First up, rosemary. Uh, rosemary? Maybe rosemary. Rosemary? rosemary? Ros- no, it's definitely rosemary, but I could have copied and pasted it. It could have been rosemary. I don't know. But she's from New York. Ross
0: and Mary are it's... writing in. <laughs>
1: Uh, she uh, said, hey, guys, and then she said, parenthetically, hey, yourself. Because I'm <laughs> slightly older than both of you, I immediately recognized that the jingle Hank was humming while bottling his beer in a breakage episode was from an old Lowenbrow com- beer commercial. Huh, okay. Hank substituted Schrader for Lowenbrow, but the rest of the words are exactly the same. If Hank was born around the same time as Walt, which I assume is in the f- uh, 50s, late 50s, 1958, since Walt turned 50 in 2008... It would have been just out of high school when the commercial aired in 77. It's very likely that Hank would have remembered all the lyrics, as I still do today, because (laughs) this commercial was played a lot back then. She attached a copy of the commercial in a YouTube clip. Shall we give it a listen? Sure. is
0: two good friends. Tonight is kind of special. Hey, where you been? You know, it wasn't easy getting
1: tickets for this game. Must hey,
0: Bob. And you know exactly what I want. I want the biggest steak so you've got in a bottle of Lowen Brown. Steak and Lowen Brown. Stolen. You're a genius. When you want the taste of a truly great American beer, tonight, let it be Lowen Brown.
1: Here's to the chef. Mm-hmm. Here's to the bartender. <laughs> Lowen <and brown. laughs> That. That Don Draper had nothing to do with that commercial. That was a terrible commercial. But yeah, yeah he's uh, got the, the brow. So there you go. Okay. Um, Henrik W. said, just thought I'd give you a tip about the documentary called Narco Cultura. Uh, this was something he uh, got interested in after hearing us talk about the Narco Corridor culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of weird shit in it, especially the way seemingly regular Mexicans seem to look up to the drug lords I watched it on the Norwegian Netflix, but it doesn't seem available in the US What is the Norwegian Netflix? Is it just Netflix in Norway, or is it like a separate service? <laughs> no, man, it's all Jorgens and Fjords <laughs> and uh, all that kind of stuff Like, really,
0: I, that intrigues me more than anything in this email <laughs>
1: uh, But he's actually, uh, Henrik is actually slightly wrong I, I checked it out, and it oh, is on damn. Netflix now so you can watch it in the United States. And Is it
0: in the Norwegian Netflix?
1: It, you know what? They probably yanked it off Norwegian just to give it to the English speakers. Yeah. God damn us, Eng- English speakers. <laughs> uh, which apparently Henrik uh, counts himself among. So god damn you too, Well, Henrik. he
0: sent an email in English. So probably it's
1: true. Maybe just use a Norwegian translator. Yeah. You get, that's the one that Google. Or he can only write English. He can't speak it. <laughs> I believe that. Because yeah, I can people. read Spanish. I can't speak it with a damn. Sure. But I can read probably around a high school level. Obviously Martinez, I can't speak it worth a goddamn. Uh, Liz G said, first time I saw Bob Odenkirk as Bob Odenkirk, I think she meant Saul Goodman." There was that was a failure of her copy paste, not me. Okay, I was surprised he didn't look uh, slimy and. Oh, I see. But the first time I saw Bob on
0: Norwegian Netflix, so
1: (laughs) the first time I saw Bob Bob Odenkirk. Uh, that's how you pronounce it in Norway. <laughs> okay. First time I saw Bob as Bob, I was surprised he didn't look slimy or smarmy. I listened to the Insider podcast this week, and it's interesting to see how much he had to say on how the character looked. Saul's hair is a big part of Saul being Saul, which we talked about. One question who, from a person who's not watched The Godfather in many, many years: Please explain the conversation Saul and Walt have in Walt's classroom. That was a reference to The Godfather, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, we are uniquely qualified to answer this question, having recently done a two-part podcast on Godfather 1 and 2. Would you care to give the explanation?
0: Sure. Uh, Tom Hagen is consigliere to uh, Don, Don Vito, whichever, whichever one of them you, you want to consider. Or Don Corleone? Don, I, I guess he's also a consigliere later to Michael. Sure. Um, but yeah, he, he is basically the, his advisor. Like, yep. when there is a big issue at hand, Tom Hagen sits down with Michael and or Vito and says, here's what I think we should do. And most often, they listen to him. And Fredo, yeah, I, I, will saying, you, Fredo. I will let you explain. You have a, a certain hate for Fredo.
1: So. I do? Oh. <laughs> so Fredo's just an idiot. He yeah. is the middle son. He's kind of a lackwit. Mm-hmm. Uh, his older brother was like a physical, and really tough, bruising guy. Um, and his father was this kind of brilliant tactician. And Michael's kind of a, a blend. He can do the brutal you know, warfare, uh, wartime-style mob fighting, but he also can do kind of the death political things. Yeah. Uh, but Fredo is just the odd man out, and that's why anytime you're being compared to Fredo, I thought it was funny It's not that, a
0: good comparison. Yeah, because, yeah. like,
1: Shaq, Shaq mentioned, you know, who Shaq is, the basketball player. Shaquille, yeah. Yeah, he was talking about, like, the different people he's played with, and he mentioned that, like, uh, I think uh, he, he's talking about... Uh, Penny Hardway was Sonny, and Dwayne Wade was, I think, Michael, and he said Kobe, Kobe Bryant was a Fredo. <laughs> oh, my God. Which, you know, that's... Was he that's, just busting his balls? Uh, Shaq and Kobe don't, didn't like each other. I don't know really why, because they were phenomenally successful. Yeah, it doesn't seem from the outside
0: that Kobe Bryant is a Fredo.
1: No, I, I wouldn't say that either. But no. you know, I didn't play with him for two, three years either. So okay. uh, anyway, there you go. Yep. Uh, she continues. Liz does. It's interesting that in 2009 there were so many people that still had landlines. Marie called Skylar at home today. She would have called her on a cell phone because she might not have a landline. Um, that's other cool. They're the cool thing is they're pretty faithful about cell phone technology. Like everyone uses mm-hmm. these old Nokia style bricks. And if you're like really well to do, you might have one of those Motorola, you know, razors. Yeah. But there is no smartphones. I think towards the end of the series, maybe, but then that's a minor spoiler. Do yeah. they do I they mean, ever the, get the, the iPhones? First, I don't know. The
0: first iPhone was released in two thousand seven. Right. But so it was
1: like, a pretty big status symbol the first few years, right? I mean, it was. I don't believe that for a second that a guy like Walt would have an iPhone. No. Um Somewhat surprised that 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 Hank doesn't have like a blackberry. Because yeah. that was like all about government agencies, you know. Sure. Had the old school blackberries, even blueberries. Uh, shall we move on? Yeah. Jenkins B said, talk about one of the greatest episodes of TV, hands down. Uh, so far in this rewatch, this has been my favorite episode. Saul Goodman steals the show from Brian Cranston, who, until this episode, didn't have an actor in his league. The guy who plays Saul Ouch. Goodman. Uh, Bob Odenkirk blows me away. The introduction of this lawyer that brings this whole drug operation to a new level, solves the bridge from this low-level operation to the bigger picture that Breaking Bad becomes. I don't think that's a spoiler. I don't think so either. Because also it's somewhat misleading. (laughs) Uh, How do you rate this episode, and is it one of your favorites? That's a good question because I didn't, while I was watching this, I was amazed at how fast it moved and, again, how much groundwork it lays for uh, late-model or, you know, late years. It's almost you could yeah fairly divide Breaking Bad into before Saul Goodman, after Saul Goodman. But I didn't think it's my favorite episode. No, and I think, for me, it's... Like, it's a great
0: episode of television, no doubt, but Breaking Bad at its core is a drama, and the, the episodes that hit really hard on comedy, while enjoyable, are not, like, some of the best moments in Breaking Bad. Well,
1: that's... One of our kind of um, what do you call that biases? Because I noticed we're you know we're prepping for some kind of bald move awards that we're we're going to be doing. Yeah, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. I don't know, but we've just been discussing, and I've noticed that like I've got a whole bunch of dramas and then a run of comedies, yeah. uh, and, and I feel like that sub I've got this internal bias that even the best comedy can't be as good as the crappiest, quote-unquote crappiest, because I don't watch crappy dramas. Well, yeah, I do. True Blood. And... <laughs> but it's those aren't on my list. Um, e- even the crappiest comedy is better than, or the the best comedy is better than the lower-tier quality drama in my mind. And I don't know why that is, because a lot of people said, and arguably it's true, it's harder to do comedy than drama. Uh,
0: I don't think it's harder to do comedy than drama, personally. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I think... I don't know. Maybe it's just, you know, personality type, but I think comedy is certainly, Hmm. comes more naturally for me than, like, high drama.
1: But you've never been an actor. I mean, we're talking, like, like, writing and being funny is one thing, but actually, you know, doing that kind of acting, I guess, is what they're talking about. Yeah, maybe. I don't know.
0: I've never done any acting, so I wouldn't know. But you but you're right. I mean, like, I view dramas as having a – being in a higher kind of tier of television than comedies generally. Now, there are exceptional comedies that break through into kind of the, oh, yeah, this is better than most of the dramas on TV. Sure. But specifically with Breaking Bad, I view it as a drama series. Mm-hmm. And so the comedy episodes don't really register in the same way that the very high drama stuff does.
1: Sure. Okay. Uh, well, that's it for the main level feedback. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about in the spoilers, as always. Okay. Uh, you can reach us at BreakingGood at BallMove dot com on our Facebook site, uh, Facebook dot com slash move and on our forums, forums dot baldmove dot com. You can also tweet at Jim. We got some hundred forty character observations like to make at at Breaking Bad. That's all we got. Spoiler section time. All right, sounds good. We will be back next week on Thursday
0: for uh, the next episode and until then i'm jim i'm aaron see ya
1: yo this is captain cook listen up mr white and i have a new website he was like we could increase our website uptime way past 99.1 percent by joining media temple and some other science shit i said look you may know a lot about chemistry man but you don't No jack about building websites. The guy is like 60 or something, but get this, he was right. No chili pee, just WordPress. The site looks dope now, and I got more cash than an ATM, yo. You should seriously up your game with Media Temple's WordPress hosting. Check out ballmove.com forward slash Media Temple and sign up. What? What? Are you waiting for a bitch? <laughs> Def
0: and we're back with the spoiler section. What do we have this week?
1: So as always, these are blends. Some of my observations are my own. Some of these are the Seriable uh, observations. You can get, find the Seriable.com, which I will link. I might've forgotten to do that in last week's show notes. If so, I'll go back and fix it, but I'll link it. Cause he's got a lot of stuff. He had like six pages of shit this week. Um, hmm. One thing I want to talk about, cause I think we disagree is and this wasn't a spoiler i wish i'd actually remember to say this in the main section but there's that scene where hank is talking to walt on his bed yeah and they frame that with walt in the foreground and hank in the background and hank uh is out of focus and then it's uh, and and walt is in focus and then they snap to where hank's in focus and walt's blurry And that's the exact same camera move and point of view that they've used to show Hank kind of staring down Tuco's grill. And it's the same camera uh, position and technique that they use to show Hank staring down uh, Jesus uh, uh, Malverde, the uh, Mexican drug patron saint. Okay. And he's drawing a line between uh, Hank being consciously leery of these, this drug dealer paraphernalia and this, this knowing your enemy stuff and him being subconsciously skeptical and leery of Walt. Because one thing I don't, don't think we talked about in the uh, main show is that when Badger gives this description of uh, Heisenberg, it is, yeah. it, is, it, it is Walt. Yeah, and, and that
0: doesn't go through Hank's head at all.
1: It doesn't seem like, cause I was looking for some kind of flash of recognition, and off, all, all, also it obviously, you know, looks like Jimmy two times, or not yeah. Jimmy two times, Jimmy <laughs> in and out too. Uh-huh. Um, but what do you? So what do you think of that? What do you think of that? These these camera techniques, these camera positions, the framing. Uh, do you think that that's yeah. a deliberate tell?
0: I don't think so. I mean, the 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 use of depth of field to isolate some to isolate the point of focus seems to me that that's something that just every single kid who goes through film school is going to learn and utilize at some point, but it's, and they use it all the time in everything. And I don't know if you've, you've like pay attention yes. to when they go like focused in the background to focused in the foreground or vice versa. And it, it's called drawing focus and it's done everywhere. Sure. Every fucking where. And there are only so many shots you can do. It's like, I don't think that means anything. I okay. just think that's a like very, very common filming technique.
1: So you're with that you're on that theory the way I am about the color theory. I think so. Like yeah. it just it's it's interesting, <laughs> but there's no There's only
0: so many colors they can put on a character
1: <laughs> and Right. It doesn't always mean everything, yeah. Uh, what do you think about an opening scene where you know, we saw Jesse and uh, Jane sitting there holding hands at the end of the last episode in front of the television saying searching for connection. We come back, they've made the connection, but Jane, Jane's uh, chair is knocked over. Uh, there was some talk on a <laughs> cerebral site about that being foreshadowing of Jane's death.
0: Mm. See, those kind of things I could buy more.
1: And like the, the coins. Saul was in the background, obviously, of the commercial as they're pulling out and you see Jane falling. We all know that you know he took an active part in making Jane's death go away. Because he's the one to bring. I mean, calls that's and the, Mike. Yeah, we're going to see Mike in season that's two. The other How thing, crazy is that? They mentioned Mike in this episode. I
0: think we're going to see Saul's PI is Mike. He said, "Oh yeah, my PI tracked down you as a chemistry teacher." That's he, Mike. He,
1: he, you're right. They didn't say Mike, but that is Mike. It's slightly. Akin, I think it's a slight continuity error to show Mike being Gus's number one enforcer and also doing low level work for Saul Goodman. <laughs> In, in 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 the you grand scheme right. of Breaking Bad, you might be right, and I know that that's probably literally true because they didn't think that Gus was going to be the character that he became. Yeah, and an economy of character suggests if you got this bad, you just you know, and they all work great, just put them together. So, do you think maybe that's not Mike,
0: the PI that they mentioned in this episode?
1: No, I think you're you right. Think it is? I think okay. that that Mike it's just something that grew out of proportion as they. It's kind of like in that. the original Star Wars. I don't know if you knew this, but. Uh, the uh, Tanta Four, the little uh, uh, Corellian blockade runner, uh-huh. was intended to be the Millennium Falcon. And wow. okay. George Lucas thought it was like too pedestrian and it was kind of too like a generic of design. And then he, you know, famously bit the Big Mac and said, "I want it to look like this." So
0: how the fuck could Han Solo pilot that thing by himself?
1: That's the thing. The blockade runner was not supposed to be that huge of a starship. Oh, they just oh. scaled it up. To make okay. it the blockade runner. Okay. So okay. I'm like, that's what happened to Mike. Mike was just low level colourful yeah. guy that was supposed to be Paul, you know, Saul's PI, and he ended up getting expanded. Just like, you know, Gus grew gotcha. into this international, you know, almost James Bond villain with connections to the cartel, yeah. to this this uh you know, paramilitary regime. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 Mike had to swell with him. So some of the underpinnings gotcha. don't make a lot of sense. Uh, Gus was someone that, that, that Saul m- kind of had, does a handshake deal with, with, uh, Walt to introduce them. Like, you forget that Saul is the one that facilitated that arrangement.
0: Yeah, no, he facilitated it, but it was very, like, you know, uh, spy-like. I know. It was like, oh, go sit in this place and sure. like, you will be met by a man. And then he sure. wasn't actually met by a man, but he was and vetted. Sure, and- yeah. That doesn't seem like handshake deal. That seems like I will pre- pre-arrange everything. Get, I know, I'm just saying that it makes
1: it makes Saul seem more powerful in retrospect than he probably is.
0: Yeah. None of these are yeah. huge problems. I, I, I just know. think
1: it's interesting to see the vestigial. It's like, you know, when you find out humans have tailbones, like, whoa, that's really crazy. Or whales have pelvic bones. Like, wow. Well, but these I, are some of the underpinnings we see of what Breaking Bad might have been had... Giancarlo Esposito not been amazing (laughs) had Jonathan Banks not been amazing
0: yeah like what you
1: know and you start I sometimes wonder in the opposite direction like uh, Ted Binnicky, could he have been a bigger character if he was a if he had more on screen chemistry with like because I don't think he had any chemistry with Skyler and he doesn't really have any chemistry with any of the cast, he's just kind of like a no-name-nothing kind of guy, would yeah. he have expanded into a much bigger thing, and would his tale have been much deeper and gone further than kind of like left in the middle of things? Well, you're yeah. paralyzed and... See ya. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's some money day. and some hush money and some tax, but it's yeah. we're uh-huh. just going to drop you in favor of stuff we care about.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. We we might get a lot of that backstory feeling because it feels to me like you said earlier, I think uh, Saul is kind of taking a big step down to deal with Walt here. And he's mm. only doing it because of circumstances. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when he's used to dealing with the cartel and specifically Gus, it seems like maybe, you know, this is kind of just beneath him a little bit until Walt becomes who Walt becomes. Sure. Um, so I don't know.
1: All right. Uh, let's see. I also liked the exchange of Jane when she gave him the double-sided coin. Uh, the symbolism of Jesse literally being the one that turns the coin over from, you know, 18 months to keep coming back. Because he's essentially what knocks Jane off the wagon. Yeah. He flips her from 18 Just months strong to, burn one, man. to, to keep do. coming back to the, the keep riding the horse. Yeah. I like that. Um, I love the Walt, when he's, de- he's describing himself, at this point it's mostly fiction, but he said, you know, you don't understand about, you know, Badger can't turn on himself. He's like, these are vicious, desperate people. And you yeah. talk about that and, like, how he liquidates Mike's guys. Uh-huh. And he has walk- he's created himself a self-fulfilling prophecy. I thought that was awesome.
0: Like, that's the thing. By the end of this, he has no problem killing people.
1: Well, yeah, and like, no problem. And that's my next point. We, we, I want to debate this. I feel like we already kind of did. Like, how much the Walt would pay for Badger versus at the end of the series, and with Jesse versus without
0: Jesse. Without Jesse, it's very low. That that ten thousand he might have said, okay, well, you won't you won't represent him
1: for this, but will you kill him for this? Right. <laughs> like, and and how Saul said, "Are you sure prison shankings off the table?" Yeah, and then that was one of the many things he did. Well, I guess you know it's actually uh, you know. Uncle Jack did, but guys were set on fire. Yeah, people but were at, shivved. But at Walt's request. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, it's amazing what can happen in four or five seasons. Four or five seconds <laughs> when you're talking about that prison killing. We already talked about it, this too, about Saul Goodman's story, uh, much about the downfall in pride and, and greed. Uh, a downfall of pride and greed is Walt, yeah? Because Saul oh, yeah. was licking his chops at the concept of bringing along a drug dealer. You know, yeah. and, and getting, getting rich off of this, off of this deal. It turns out a nightmare for him. Oh, yeah. I mean, Walt all but takes him hostage and says, you know, you, you, do you remember that classic scene? in I think it was season five a where he just gets right into Saul's face and makes him turn over and piss himself mm-hmm. uh, and says it's only over when it's when I say it's over. Yeah. And now he's like what what what's his ultimate fate? He's running a not a hogan Cinnabon. a Cinnabon in yeah. Nebraska. Oh.
0: Nebraska I think it's was it Omaha? Or could have been. It's, Omaha I think is it's Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska. Right? I was I was going to say Oklahoma, but I think you're right. Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha,
1: Oklahoma. <laughs> is that like St. Louis or uh, It's like Kansas City. Kansas Missouri. City, Missouri, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh I think that's interesting. So that means that for Better Call Saul, we know that the, the ultimate villain or the ultimate downfall of Walter White was cancer. Yeah. Arguably. And we've also talked about how Walter White metaphorically is cancer in people's lives. Is yeah. – are, are, are we going to – is this the story of Saul Goodman? Is this the story of Jimmy uh, McGill ascending and rising as Saul Goodman and then ultimately falling because of Walter White? I kind of hope so.
0: I kind of think that's what I want it to be. I want to see a lot of stuff with Gus and Mike. Uh, I don't expect to see a lot with Aaron Paul or Walt, but...
1: It'd be interesting to see if uh, Saul... Because we already had the a little bit of the connection there that Jesse said that uh, he got Emilio yeah. off mm-hmm. twice... It would be really cool to bring him back. It would be really cool to bring Crazy Eight and show Saul oh, yeah. leveling up in the criminal underworld as a lawyer uh-huh. in parallel to Walt leveling up, going from Crazy Eight to Tuco to Gus to the, the fucking Nazi supervillains. Uh-huh. I mean, I think that that seems like it'd be really cool, especially I, I what do you think they're shooting for in terms of seasons? This feels like a three-season show. We talked really? about that on The Leftovers, too, like – I wanted more at the end of season one. I'm assuming I'm to want more. To see, I, I feels like a three season show. Better Call Saul feels like a three season show to me. I, I, I kind of hope you're
0: right. Like I don't, I don't know. It kind of depends on what they do with it, but
1: they're yeah, kind of limited I'm, by the story because uh, sure. you, you know you can't have a drug dealer bigger than Gus unless you want to tell the story of how Gus got big in Albuquerque, which I guess that could be epic. But but Saul's kind of condemned to be a. A side character in that story. I, I, yeah. I to me, it feels like a three, a top three season run is what they should be mentally targeting for. I could see that. I yep. wonder internally if they have any feelings about that one way or another. I don't know. I, ultimately, I'm kind
0: of glad it's up to Sony and not AMC because mm. I think AMC has a tendency to go overboard with is Sony making drawing things out. It's not an AMC. I assume so. Because Sony has the rights to Breaking Bad, so I yeah would Sony almost pictures, guarantee Sony it have Pictures to be. Television. Yeah, all right. So I'm, I have a little more faith that Sony will treat this property right than AMC will.
1: Uh, let's talk about some feedback in the spoiler section. Jeremy L. from Pennsylvania says, "When Walt goes to Saul for, for the first time, Saul calls Walt out on his rather suspicious outfit by reminding, I refer to him as D.B. Cooper." who, if you know, is a man who hijacked a Boeing 727 aircraft in 1971 who ultimately parachuted to an uncertain fate. Oh, I know all about that. Justified, baby. Uh, not only that, uh, Mad Men.
0: Oh, yeah. They both did it.
1: Jason Schenkel, <laughs> uh That's his pop. I think he's the one that started that theory, that Don Draper could ultimately be D.B. Cooper. Yeah. Um, yet another indicator that the Villigan and crew had this season's finale planned from the very beginning. Um interesting because he's taken a db cooper route and that's just a generic reference to planes and now we got a plane crash okay we'll get this though jenny r i can see that yeah uh she is our our pal uh, co-founder of the abq fan fest breaking bad fan fest sure uh with uh, her partner mcgill mm-hmm. fantastic party hope she throws another Miguel? one, mcgill Oh, McGill's doing the fan fest? <laughs> McGi- yeah. <laughs> we thought he said McGill. There's some shady shit. There's some weird accounting <laughs> practices going on there. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully it'll end up to more party. Mo party. She goes, hey, guys, just because I know how much Aaron loves the plane crash, I wanted to share something I learned today. Did you know that there was a midair collision between an Aero Mexico DC-9 and a private plane, uh, Piper uh, Archer, over Cerritos, California in 1986, killing everyone on board in both planes and some folks on the ground. The crash was attributed to an air traffic controller who handled both flights, whose name was dot, 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 Walter White. <laughs> I did wow. not believe you, Jenny. When I saw that, I had to <laughs> confirm. I had to fact check your ass. You are correct. Uh-huh. And as Jim is my witness, I went through a lot of... Feelings like that is that is such a phenomenal coincidence Uh that Vince Gilligan picks Walter White out of the name out out of thin air, Mm. and then he writes a story for him that turns out that this low level guy who was the you know John Delancey character turns out to be named Walter White. If that kind of coincidence can happen (laughs) in real life, then fuck it, bring on the air collisions, bring on Fish Nato. I don't care. You you were like data struggling with the concept of comedy. Yeah, I'm like you Saul like... on the road to Damascus. I was blinded by the light, mm-hmm. and I'm ready to convert to the cult of Villigan.
0: And then and I brought it crumbling down again.
1: Partially. Pa-
0: okay, partially. Good. Um, I would believe that they kind of backed into that. They said, okay, we have a character named Jesse Pinkman, a character named Walter White. Let's go Google their names and see what comes up. And when you Google Walter White, that'll come up, Right. And so they probably said, oh, this is an interesting idea. Let's take this and run with it in season two. That, that, that seems much more likely to me than, oh, we happen to do a story about two airliners crashing. We happen to have a character named Walter White. It just doesn't, it doesn't make as much sense as them just
1: Googling it and going with it. So that makes me want to flip in back into being a hater. Like, <laughs> damn it, Vince. <laughs> If you guys are on your break and you're just like googling Walter White and you notice this article about it and you're like, oh, we got to write a story, that makes me hate it even more. Hmm. So I've got two sides, and, I, and that's the thing is like I don't know which theory is correct. Yeah. I kind of, I hope I can get, I want to get into contact with Vince to ask him. If I'm playing, like, Devil's where Devil's did this Advocate. story come from?
0: Yeah, no, that'd be a great, a phenomenal question if he ever gets. Uh... Booked as a guest at the Breaking Bad Fan Fest.
1: In in in, in the fourth annual Breaking Bad Fan Fest, or however long the, it the takes. The one that Vince Gilligan shows the one, up to? The, That's what it'll be called. The one Vince shows up to. <laughs> I hope I'm the moderator so the, I can ask him that question. The
0: second one he promised to show up to. The first <laughs> yes, one he so actually right. showed up to. Right, right.
1: The third one he was going to, but his uh-huh. driver didn't show up at the airport. Yeah. The fourth one is when the stars align he actually he actually shows up.
0: There was a dispute with the Mancata brothers. He was worried. Uh, <laughs> There's that's... a restraining order <laughs> yeah.
1: involved.
0: Uh, no, that's a, f- a phenomenal question for him.
1: Uh, she also says, one more thing. When you guys stay at hotels, have you ever noticed who makes the toilet seats? Since I first noticed this when I'm in a new hotel room, I always check to see if it's a Benicky model toilet seat. I'd say mm. about 75% of the time it is a Binnicky. I'm convinced this is how the Villigan came up with the name. Could be. Uh, uh, she also says, I have, "I have noticed that by the way, it's always funny." Yeah,
0: yeah, I've I've seen that around on toilet Cause seats. I,
1: what there's some kind of welding fumes involved, but I could totally buy that Binnicky is making toilets sound there in Albuquerque. Hmm. Uh, I I actually have no idea what he actually does. I'm pretty sure they established it at some point, but you know. This isn't the Breaking Bad trivia yeah. show. We'll move on. Uh, for something completely different, here's an article about all the booze featured in Breaking Bad, and another one specifically on the Whistle Pig, uh, with a reference to the Insider podcast where Vince Gilligan says it's the favorite whiskey. I will link all those in the show notes for extra information. If you want to know about the, uh, you know, the whiskeys of Breaking Bad from Knob Creek, the Dimple Pinch, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, Whistle Pig Straight Rye whiskey, I'll, I'll put that up there because we're a fan of the alcohol. I don't know if you know, guys notice that. Yeah. Definitely. Barry C. said, hey, guys, after listening to shows recently, I discovered you suspected George Merkert of being a corrupt cop.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think we ever suspected that. We were saying that's a theory out there. No,
1: I, just, I, it was, I was repping that theory in season four. Really? Sure. Wow. Uh, I did, at the same time, have the same feeling about Gomi. A lot of people did, yeah. And it turns out uh, Stephen Michael Cazadas kind of takes offense at that. Yeah, we asked him at the Breaking Bad Fan Fest Yeah. Uh,
0: what was the deal with that. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I'd- Gomi would never do that.
1: You just, Yeah, you're just saying that because I'm a lot... I, I'm uh, I'm the... Uh, <laughs> uh, did he say it because like I'm brown? What are you saying that? Or Pro- he said probably, something. something. But like yeah, that. he implied that it was kind of vaguely racist to say that. And I uh-huh. don't have a good comeback, except for he does act shady as shit. Like him, Mad Dog, and Hank coming back from this investigation can be seen as a caring friend. It can be yeah. seen as a guy who's just seeing mm. if this guy's cracking or what's underneath his fingernails, or maybe he is dirty because... He did survive this cartel without a scratch. Cartel incursion.
0: Yeah. I don't know.
1: I never suspected Gomi. I was a Merkert fan, and he's white as hell, so my (laughs) conscience is clean. (laughs) Um, As for this Better Call Saul episode, I'm starting to think we might see Gomi or Merkert make a cameo in the new series where they do prove themselves to be perhaps in the cartel payroll after all. As it's a prequel, they could certainly do this, and it would be a nice bit of fan service and a new layer of depth For Breaking Bad, what do you reckon?
0: Frankly, I don't think that Stephen Michael Quezada would do that.
1: I think you're right. After
0: talking to him, I think he would say, no, I'm I'm either not going to film that or I'm not going to be on your show. You're going to change the script or I'm not going to be on the show.
1: Um, On the other hand, there is the almighty dollar. And you can put mm. some zeros on a check.
0: $80,000, SMQ. Here <laughs> you go. 50 of it goes to me. 30 of it goes to you.
1: Yeah. No, I think, I think you know, that's, that's universal. Everybody's got the price. But, yeah, I, I have a feeling that he would see that as yeah. a bad thing for his character. And, uh, and he takes that stuff pretty seriously, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, Barry also wants to know, what's the best Saul Goodman line ever? I've always liked hmm. say just for the sake of argument that the kid's not in the mood for a nuanced nuanced discussion of the virtues of child poisoning. Um perhaps my favorite is when he meets Skyler. Clearly, his taste in women is about the same as his taste in lawyers, only the very best with just the right amount of dirty. Oh my uh, God. I yeah, liked I his, about his line about the feds wanting badger like an axe wants the turkey neck. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I he's got so many good ones. I don't I don't even know. Like, picking one is hard. Remembering any is really tough uh, from those seasons we haven't covered in two years. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And I, I feel right, like I, got, I shouldn't pick one from this episode.
1: I got a top ten uh, Saul Goodman quotes of all time on all IMDb. Right. So right. you want to w- go through I them? will pick one of these, yes. Uh, if you're committed enough, you can make any story work. I once told a woman I was Kevin Coster and it worked because I believed it. Pretty strong. <laughs> um, also the hair talking to Skylar after Walt introduced his wife to Saul. Hello, welcome. What a pleasure it is to have you. I'm just going to call you Skylar if that's okay. It's a lovely name. Reminds me of a big, beautiful sky. Walt told me how he lucky he was prior to the recent unfortunate events. Clearly, oh, that's the one we just talked about. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Walter H. White. What are you offering me? Saul Goodman. What did Tom Hagen do for Vito Corr or uh, And Walter says, I'm no Vito. He says, no shit. Right now you're Fredo. That was from this episode. Mm -hmm. Look, let's start with some tough love, all right? Ready for this? Here it goes. You two suck at peddling meth, period. That was from Blood Money. I don't even remember that line. I started to feel bad about uh, IMDB's taste in in quotes. Yeah,
0: I don't like how long the quotes are.
1: Number six, as your dead guy, occupational hazard, drug dealer getting shot, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's been known to happen. Okay. Yeah. I'm feeling very shaky about this. Uh, Jesse says, what the hell just happened? You're my lawyer, not his. Saul, it's the way of the world, kid. Go with the winner.
0: No, I don't like any of their quotes. Fuck those quotes.
1: All right. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I, I'm much more like a bunch of the stuff that was in this episode than any of those things. And shorter quotes. Come on.
1: Yeah, this, this the top ones are really, really bad. Yeah, and fuck, the, and half that. of them are from this episode. All right, fuck this shit. Yeah, I, I'm going with the axe for, uh, like the turkey neck.
0: All right, I'll go with the uh, contrast gets expensive, doesn't it? All
1: right, boom. That is an episode. We are done. Send your spoiler takes to breakinggoodatbaldmove.com. dot com. We'll see you next time for episode what two hundred nine. Two hundred nine. Whatever that one is. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, also, the one where Jane dies. No, I.
0: I don't think it's that no, soon. Who no, knows, man? With the pace of this season, no. Jane could be dead next episode. I feel like Jane... Then two episodes with her dad, That's one true. episode with the plane, and you're done. We you're don't out. have a lot
1: of episodes left. No, we don't. We got four, four right? Four episodes. Nine, ten,
0: 11, 12, twelve,
1: thirteen. Five episodes. Five, okay. Gotta count nine. Not so good with the math. I'm as good at the math as <laughs> these guys are peddling math. Yep. So, let's get out of here. All right, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye.